Welcome to Alter Ego Comics Presents. I'm Mark. I'm Alex. I'm Jared. And we are here to talk about this week's best comics and address things going on in the greater comic book industry. The three of us work at Alter Ego Comics, Lima, Ohio's finest comic book shop. And only. <laughs> well, let's not encourage people <laughs> to come here and open up another shop, but <clears throat> 17 years going strong. That includes two years working out of my house, so 15. I just combine it into one long stretch and we have a special guest tonight our special guest is laura hi laura hey she waved but no one none of you saw it except except us that was cool i so, mean I was, <laughs> I was looking away at the time but that's okay that's special content only you guys get the wave so patreon uh, laura is a a customer of the shop she is also mrs alex woo uh sorry for your i'm trying to remember whether laura was a customer first or alex was a customer first I started. I'd say I started as a customer in summer of '08. Laura, hmm. I don't remember when I moved here. I know it's been at least ten years, so it's close to the same time. So Alex was a customer yeah. at the old location. Yep. Oh, okay. Yeah, I never went to the old location. <laughs> okay. So. so Alex, Alex, you win. Woo! But that's yes, how I got hired it, is, it is a true alter ego love connection because Alex uh, was a. W- <laughs> Still is was a staff member. He he was staff, and Laura was customer. And it was the first time we ever ran into. Is is it okay for staff to date customers? And uh, it, it turned out okay. They got married. Came up with the policy: if the customer asks you out, yes, then. staff cannot. And I think this is useful for all the other comic stores that are listening. I'd say for most businesses, really, <clears throat> yes. Yeah. But even I, I know a lot of businesses probably would not allow customer staff romances, even if the the customer made the advances. Sorry, this wait. <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So anyway, so Laura's with us tonight. <laughs> uh, longtime member of the alter ego family. She lives here also at the recording studio with me. <laughs> Alex and Laura live in a recording studio. Yeah, I don't know what to <laughs> say after that. Really, they live in a house that has a makeshift studio. Yeah, it's more of a recording it studio. And no, it's great. It's better than anything we had at the shop. So. <laughs> Good enough. I'll take it. So, as usual, we'll start things off with a question. I did come up with a question. Basically, I'm going to cheat a little bit because the, the, I'm going to ask the question and then I'm going to make a hard right into something that is connected to the question, if everyone's still with me. I'll play along as we go. So, the question is, what is FOC? I know the answer. Jared, do you know the answer? I should. Laura, do you know the answer? Yep. What is it, Laura? Final order cutoff. Ding, 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 ding. We need a bell sound effect. Uh, Laura is the winner. Jared, she I takes failed. your job. Yeah. I failed miserably. <laughs> so final order cutoff. Final order cutoff is, I think, it's something we've talked about a lot before. And I think it's something that uh, anybody that buys comics is going to become more familiar with in the months ahead. Um, because of, of situations like what happened this week. So here's a, a Cliff Notes version of how retailers order comics. We get a 500-plus catalog called Previews. Which we went over two weeks ago. We did. We, go, we went through the February catalog with Adrian. 
No, it was nope, Jared. It was me. <laughs> that, two weeks ago, it was Jared. <laughs> I can't remember. Who I remember are you what people? I did this morning. Uh, so, yes, we, we order out of the same giant catalog that you, the consumer, gets to go through. And we order usually at the end of each month. <clears throat> and then, for most publishers, about three weeks before a book is supposed to ship, and let me go back a step, we order two months in advance. So, the February catalog is out now. We're ordering at the end of February for books shipping in April. It's a general order. <clears throat> it's a general order. Two months in advance. So about three weeks before a comic is scheduled to ship, we have an opportunity to increase or decrease our order for books from most publishers uh, during something called Final Order Cutoff, or FOC, or what, FOC. What, what <clears throat> the FOC? <laughs> Uh, so that is you, that is the Monday. It's every Monday is an FOC Monday. So when we are, are promoting comics to our subscribers saying, Hey, do you want this? They need to let us know by the following Monday. Okay. So this week we had something happen in the industry. I don't know if everybody's, everybody's aware of it, but I'll, I'll bring it up here. So DC comics announced earlier this week that a new hench person for the Joker called Punchline, is going to make her debut in the issue of Batman that's arriving next week. Number 87? Number 89. 89. Number 89. Uh, she's also in Year of the Villain, Hell Arisen, number three, which may also be coming next week. I, I did not look carefully for that one, but Alex is consulting the database now. So, uh, why, is this, uh, why is this a problem? Um, first, the announcement was made after FOC. So after final order cutoff, after the opportunity for retailers to increase or decrease our numbers on a book. So there was also no mention of Punchline in the solicitation copy for Batman 89 or Hello Risen number three. And they didn't tell us that we might want to have more copies of those books available. That'll be in two weeks when it comes out. Number three will be the 26th. Okay. So I'm pretty sure Batman 89 is next week. That uh, sounds right. From a quick glance at the invoice, and then Hello Risen is out the following week. But it doesn't matter. <laughs> I mean, it, it matters. But so they announced a new character, and of course, all the speculator apps and websites were, you know, on fire. And there was no reason for me to order more copies of Batman 89 than I did of Batman 88. Because why not? And no reason for me to order to order more copies of Hell Arisen number three than Hell Arisen number two, which is not a great selling series to begin with. So, but now people are going to come in looking for this first appearance of Punchline, and we're not going to have it. And most stores aren't going to have it because DC made the announcement after final order cutoff. So as soon as they made that announcement, retailers flooded diamond and grabbed up any extra copies that may have been available. But uh, I guess the point of this is publishers need to share information with retailers while we still have the opportunity to increase our orders for those things. And that happens when? FOC. At FOC. That's right. That's right. So we're essentially pre-sold out of it because we did get some last minute people jumping on board to pick up whatever we had available. There will be second printings available in about four weeks for people that want to read the story right. rather than just get the hot comic of the moment that will probably be worthless in two years. 
uh, like Joker's daughter. Everybody yeah. remember Joker's daughter? Yeah. yeah. No. What yeah, was no. last? What was last thing that she was in? Yeah. I have no like, idea. Exactly. No idea. So uh, yeah, I, I've heard that uh, copies of Batman '89 are going for twenty to forty dollars on eBay. Yeah, one of our regulars that sells some of his that he, he special orders, he, he then sells them on eBay. He's like, oh yeah, you may want to order up on these. It's going to be big. Well, it's too late for that. Yeah. We can't order up when they give us uh, a week's notice. Right. We found out when you did. And it's yep. too late. So, uh, we'll see what happens next week. I hope there there aren't revolts because I won't be there. So, Alex, uh, you're going to have to handle <laughs> the pitchforks and torches. I'll tell them the same thing that's been the theme of this podcast overall is if you want it, you have to add it to your pull list. That's the guaranteed way to get it. Pre-ordering is, is the it? way to go. It is until <laughs> I put yourself on the shelf, but that's only exclusive to you. <laughs> So, and the important thing to take away from this is that you need to pre-order before FOC. Yes. Because once we lock those numbers in, then if someone jumps on to pre-order a book, say, and we see this a lot, we see people pre-ordering a week before, or even the Monday, or the, the Monday week comes of, out, like the Monday before new releases on Wednesday, people adding things to their pull list. Unfortunately, that doesn't help me as a retailer because I've already set my numbers. I'm looking at the past history of a book. I'm ordering what I think is a good number to get us through either a week or two weeks or a month. It's already on um, the way to us. Like, we can't add it to the shipment. If we, right, if you place right. it on Monday, it's already on a truck coming towards us. So, this industry is is broken, folks. That's basically, <laughs> basically the bottom line but here. But it's the one we love. But in, in, we need to teach everyone the proper way to order that ideally you order during the month that a book is solicited. So if you're interested in book shipping in April, you would pre-order a book this month and add it to your pull list. And then the the second chance opportunity is before final order cutoff, before FOC. And we send out email reminders. We post in face in the Facebook group. Uh, we try and, and let people give people as many opportunities as possible to add a book to their list so that we order a copy for them because we're not mind readers. Well, and, Yes, I harp on you need to order it, but we do have a lot of good customers that do pre-order in advance, and they tell us well in advance when they want it. So, we do have a lot of good customers that do that, but there are the exceptions that complain, why don't you have this? Well, you should look into pre-ordering. Yeah. I mean, we love all of our customers. We're not we're not trying to bash anybody, but I we think- We love all of our customers that pay for their pull files. There's an expectation, I think, that- all comic shops will have all comics on new release day. And that's just unrealistic these days. I think it's always been unrealistic, but especially when there are hundreds of different titles that come out every month, assuming that your local comic shop is going to have the comic that you're looking for that you didn't pre-order is just setting everybody up for failure. Yeah. So the, the best way, I always say the best way to make sure that we have the book that you're looking for is to pre-order it uh, before FOC. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Any other uh, comments on final order cutoff? Questions? Anybody? I kind of wonder, like going off in left field, is it almost an attempt by the publishers to make comics more valuable again? To say, oh, we're actually only going to let you order this many and cut you off hard for the first printing. Well, I mean, they have to, nobody wants to lose money. Whether it's a retailer having books on the shelf longer than shelf life is acceptable. And, and there's a common comparison these days that single issue comics are like milk. You know, the longer they're on your shelf, the more they expire, the, the worse they get until they're chunky and gross and you accidentally put it on your Cheerios and then you're 
in trouble. I feel like this happened to you recently. It did not. No. Almond milk. I drink almond milk on my, or I don't drink it. I put it on my cereal. Almond milk lasts a lot longer than regular milk, like two months. It's, it's crazy. Uh, but anyway, back to the expiration date <laughs> on comics. Uh, Marvel and DC have effectively destroyed the back issue market by restarting over and over and over again. So uh, most people aren't looking for a Batman issue that came out two years ago or a Spider-Man issue that came out five years ago. They're looking for what maybe came out within the last 30 to 60 days or a classic book from the Silver Age, Bronze Age, Modern Age, that sort of thing. Yeah, we actually had customers come in today. They had a bag of comics like, oh, do you guys buy comics? Uh, occasionally, depending on what it is. Like, well, it's all Rebirth. I didn't even bother opening the bag. I was like, no, we, we don't. We don't want this. It's- yeah, no one is going to be looking for copies of anything yeah. that came out. Are there great stories? Absolutely. But as far as collectability, there is no collectability in most of those Rebirth comics. Unless you read it in trade. Collect it in trade. I mean, well, yeah. I mean, you're, you're still going to be able to get the stories in trade. Right. But, you know, single issues are the quote-unquote collectible format for comics. People don't collect trades for the most part. And for the most part, they don't increase in value. Um, but... I forget where I was going with this. So, my, I, Laura, my, uh, my observation with this trend on hot key issues is that they're putting these first appearances in books that aren't selling well. <laughs> so, there was a big... Batman's not selling well? Well... <laughs> not as well as it could be? Not I don't, Spider-Man. It's, my understanding is it's not doing as well as it, as it was when Tom King was writing it. But... Hell Arisen is not burning up the sales charts. I mean, do we even have that on the shelf outside of pull files? We do. I mean, we may, we may not for issue three. Yeah. I mean, it's a it's either a four or five issue miniseries. And after seeing the sales on one and two, I was probably ordering subscriber only for issue three. There's there's no reason. Every comic that sits on the shelf unsold is a two dollar bill at least, and it's just impossible to to guess. It is a four issue mini and. I mean, we have a decent amount on order right now, so I'm guessing we might have some for the shelf, but not very much. We'll see. Um, But yeah, so there was a a first appearance of a villain, I guess, in in last week's issue of Lois Lane, which, according to the speculator apps, is is hot. They've done it in like Red Hood and the Outlaws. There was something several months ago, maybe even a year ago, where it was this oddball issue of Red Hood and the Outlaws, which for us has been pull only for a while, for a long time. Uh, and now we have Hell Arisen, which is not, again, a super popular series. Let's put this new character in here. And l- let me stress again that I love comics. I wouldn't be doing this if I didn't love comics. I know all of you love comics as well. Um, but this feels very manipulative by the publishers. And it feels very, very uh, money-driven and not story-driven. I mean, it's the same thing with variant covers that are quantity-based instead of order based like oh you have to have you want this cover one in thousand one in one thousand copies will have this cover yeah like there's it doesn't cost them extra to print it so they're just doing it just to jack up the price on it mm. and and this is what happens when you get on the other side of the counter <laughs> at the comic shop as a fan you know you don't necessarily pay as much attention to the things that we're talking about right now you say oh alex ross that's a cool cover i want that oh that's one in 100 so well, when you were just talking about that the thing that sprung to mind for me is the new spider woman series so, there's a new Spider-Woman series that starts next month. It's on final order cutoff, I think, a week from Monday. And there are one in 500 covers. So, for every 500 regular covers that a retailer orders, they can order one of this variant. 
Now, we would never in a million years qualify for something like that. <clears throat> As a uh, point of reference, the last issue of the previous Spider-Woman comic sold about 12,000 copies. <laughs> so, uh, first off, why Spider-Woman is getting her own series, I have no idea whatsoever. <laughs> if a, a book that sold 12,000 copies 15 years ago would have been canceled, wouldn't even have been greenlit. Wouldn't would have been and if it was selling that by issue 4, it would have been canceled. Um so there are giant stores, giant online stores that will probably buy 500 copies to get that one variant and they'll sell it at $500 or whatever they sell it for. And Spider-Woman number 1 will sell tens of thousands of copies and by issue number 4 it'll be down to 12,000 or 10,000 and it'll be canceled by issue number 6. So it's just it, it's it's a snake eating its tail, uh a shell game of uh, variant covers and first appearances and underperforming titles and stick with the books that you enjoy. Stink with the stink, stink, stink with the books. If you don't shower, you will stink with the books. Um, and some people may love Spider Woman, and that'll be their jam. They'll be like, all right, I'm all in. But that's definitely got to be the minority of people, I would think. I, I think the I think Jessica Drew is an interesting character. I I don't have anything against the character of Jessica Drew, but the stands are already crowded enough as it is, and. Part of that is that we all have budgets when we shop for comics. We can't buy every comic that we want. As a retailer, I can't stock every comic. As a consumer, consumers can't uh, afford to buy every comic on the shelf. And we've already got overcrowded shelves. So putting a series with a C-level character in a solo series, to me, makes zero sense whatsoever. Yeah. I agree. It's very negative today. (laughs) (laughs) Well, along those lines, something you told me a decade ago, you probably don't even remember this. You said, uh, when it comes to collecting, buy what you like. If it gains value, that's great. If not, you've got something you like. Wow, and I I do I say that frequently, so yeah. I'm, I'm so glad that you remember that. Did yeah. like it's always it's it's yeah, buy what, with buy what you like, years of read, what, read what you like, take care of it. I mean, I always yeah. encourage people to bag and board their comics afterwards because if something does happen to increase in value somewhere down the road, and you're in a pinch, you know, you have yep. medical bills, you need to send your kid to school, whatever. And again, uh, mutual funds are a much better investment than comic books, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Just in case, <laughs> you know, and it's been a while, but we've had people come into the shop and ask which of and point to the comic wall and be like which of these is going to be worth money and i'm like dude i don't know hey, if know, i knew i wouldn't be in this business i, I read comics for the characters and the stories i don't yeah. I, you know i'm i don't my my uh, portfolio is not made up of comics that are on this new release wall so yeah i mean if you want to if you're trying to make money there are a hundred other things that i would suggest you do rather than play the comic stock market Unless you're turning it fast. If you're turning it immediately for the first appearances, like we talked about, like that's the only way-ish to make and money off And it literally that. needs to be like within 24 to 72 hours yeah. uh, because I was listening to another podcast, another uh, store podcast, where they did some research and they were looking at the hot books from two months ago and they're all selling for cover price now. So, you know, it's it's – that's not – I don't want to take away someone's joy. If that's what you get joy from, from speculating on comic books, then more power to you. But the industry as a whole will not survive if the percentages tip towards speculators over readers. You know, we, those of us that read and enjoy comics are the ones that are still going to be doing it five years from now, 10 years from now, 50 years from now. Speculators are going to get burned one too many times and drop off the face of the earth uh, or drop off the face of the comic shop. 
So there's that. Here, yeah. here endeth the rant. So going back to the stuff that isn't worth much anymore. Wait, it's I, not over. <laughs> I, I, well, I just wanted to look up one that I knew. Walking Dead 193, the final issue of The Walking Dead. I would, I think it was going around 20 or 30 bucks when it first came out. Maybe. I think so, yeah. How much do you think it's going for now? Four. Jared? Pretty close. I can see your screen. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I cannot see the screen. <laughs> uh, I see one that's a buy now option with, for eight ninety nine. First printing near mint is what they're saying. Check the sold listings. Well, that's... I mean, they sold several of them, but it's okay. actually sold. I have to scroll and click something. Where is it? And here's... While Alex is doing this, give me a minute here, Alex. This is your <laughs> eBay tip of the day. When you are looking on eBay to see prices on things, always check the sold box on the left column because that will show you what things have actually sold for versus what people are actually asking for. So, loose, ungraded, I see one sold for $6 plus $6 in shipping. There you go. Or 18 with free shipping. Oof. Oof. That's horrible. <laughs> horrible. Well, we'll mark this date and time as uh, the week before Punchline makes her debut in, in Batman 89. And maybe we'll come. Maybe Punchline is the new Harley Quinn. I don't know. It's really rare for lightning to strike twice. You know, there are certain characters that catch on with the public that uh, and it, it all has to do with scarcity, too. You know, if everybody Batman is, is DC's number one selling title. So, you know, odds of that book increasing in value, it's not going to be scarce. It's it's Batman. It's going to sell close to 100,000 copies, probably maybe 75. Hell Arisen was probably selling 50, 40, <laughs> something like that. So that one probably has more likelihood. But parting message if you do want uh, if you haven't gotten in touch with us about batman 89 or hell arisen number three and you'd like a second printing because you want to read it let us know because uh, those have not hit foc yet and we can still order those copies of second printings anything uh anything else anybody wants to talk about before we get to this week's books no i think i'm good <laughs> i expected jared to say i agree <laughs> yeah so there's a ton of stuff that came out this week that was fantastic. I I have a picture. I took a picture of the stack of books that I took home Tuesday night and never posted it. <laughs> I will maybe post it somewhere. And so far this year, it's definitely the heaviest week for comics, but it's significantly heavier than any other week we've seen this year. I have, uh, 100% agree. Like you actually took more than five books home this week. Yeah. I want to say I had somewhere in the neighborhood of 12 to 15 uh, at least, which is an above average week for me. Yeah, it was close to my normal 20 this week, so. Yeah. So, we are going to run through, um, I guess we'll just go, I, I've got a list in front of me, alphabetical, so I guess we'll start there, and if anybody wants to talk about something that I, that I don't hit on, <laughs> let me know, uh, but alphabetically, it actually turns out the first book is my staff pick this week. Last week was me first. This week is you yeah. first. Alienated number one is my staff pick. This is published by Boom Studios, written by Cy Spurrier, artwork by Chris Wildgoose. That's a cool last name. That is a good last name. So uh, Alex and I actually got an advanced look at this, and we both really enjoyed it. We got an advanced look before FOC, so we could increase our orders. Because they're a good publisher. Yeah, because Boom is the best publisher. Uh, right now, as from far as from a retailer perspective, well, and they're doing some uh, the the stories they're putting out. 
whether it's alienated or something's killing the children or once in future. And we've talked about this a yeah. couple of times in, in our four podcasts, our four episodes. <laughs> I think we've we've heaped praise on Boom several times. So alienated. Uh, my one sentence summary is the Breakfast Club meets the Twilight Zone. It's about three high school kids that are kind of uh, misfits. Three different Alex's, if I remember Sam's, correctly. I think. Or Sam. Yeah. Sam. Three different Sam's. A Samantha, a Samuel, and a Sam. Or no, Samir. Samir. Samir that's right. Uh, and they discover a glowy object uh, in the woods. and kind of looks like a hornet's nest that glows. Yeah. That's what it me of. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I did not understand why they're like, let's touch this. <laughs> this is I a think, great idea. I think part of it, they were being like drawn to it. Uh, by okay. the power of the glowing hornet's nest. See, I'm just going with their kids. It's what they do. Yeah, they're high school kids. So look, and that's touch just what they do. So they end up with uh, with some powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men and women. After that's an old Superman reference for those of you that are looking at me weird. That's all of you. You're weird. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it's just it's a lot of fun. It's it's great dialogue from Spurrier. Uh, it's very relatable. It's got uh, drama and humor and sci-fi, and I really am on board for wherever it goes next. Yeah, I agree. It was good. I think I'm probably going to subscribe to it. I don't know. I need to read it again now that it's actually in print instead of just digitally. I don't know. See how it feels. I did. After I read the the digital preview, I subscribed to it myself because I wanted to make sure. I want to support books that are good and publishers that are good. And it's just it's a joy to read. You know, I don't want to joy to read. I don't want to take something home that's like, well, this is a chore to read. Like, I don't yeah. know. My usual method to figure out if I actually care about the book or not is when I take home my stack, I pull from the bottom. If I'm excited to read it, then I'll keep reading it. If I'm not, then I'm done reading it. Yeah, the, life's too short to read things you don't like. Yeah. And that's a, a another rule of thumb when you're collecting comics. You may have an uninterrupted run of Spider-Man comics, Laura. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying. And if you get to a point where it's a chore to read Spider-Man, you need to drop Spider-Man. You need to drop. She's shaking. Nope. She will never <laughs> drop Spider-Man. I won't quit you, Spider-Man. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, I went through that with Wolverine, with the first Wolverine series. I had every issue of Wolverine, and it got to the point where it's like, I just don't care about this. And you, you need to be able to let it go and move on to something else that you want to read. Okay. I see everyone agrees with me. Uh, <laughs> Alex, your pick of the week is the next one alphabetically. I forget which one it was I picked. Amazing Spider-Man. Oh, Amazing Spider-Man. So, it's Amazing Spider-Man number 39. Uh, my podcast with Jonah. On a podcast, talking about a podcast, it's great. Uh, so, yeah, this one I really enjoyed. Uh, it's I always like the interaction between Jonah and Spider-Man in the last year or two since jonah since jonah since peter told yeah jonah like no i'm spider-man this is who i you know you've always been picking on me no matter if i'm peter parker or spider-man you've always had it out for me and it's the last year or so jonah's changed his tune to the world of like hey go spider-man he's not a menace he's our hero blah 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 and this time they have a little talk show on the podcast and things get heated between them because that's just the way jonah is he's abrasive to everyone and I don't know. I really enjoyed it. It was a fun little one-off. I mean, they'll continue on with the next issue, but they're the main storyline. That was pretty much it for them, was them meeting up and talking and fighting at each other. From the cover, it looks like they're singing. <laughs> they're doing a duet with that microphone there. Karaoke night with Spider-Man Jonah. Yeah. Face-to-face, nose-to-nose. So, rather than continuing alphabetically, I'll throw it over to Jared. Did you have a pick this week? Uh, I enjoyed uh, Batman Alfred R.I.P., 
That's the next one, alphabetical. <laughs> is it really? <laughs> yes. But, but go ahead. Yes. No, I thought it was uh, just a fun read after the events. Fun? Of, uh, it's about well, the death not, of Alfred, Jared. It's, it's not fun. Not it was a fun, satisfying. Fun. It, yeah, satisfying. It was a joy to read. Yes, there we go. That's it the name of this week's episode, read. by the way. A yeah, joy to read. It's uh, basically a wake for Alfred. Uh, the Bat family goes into a bar and shares stories about Alfred. And it does not go well. No, it doesn't go well. I mean, there's no villains attack or anything, but just, no, the, just the family dynamic is yeah. definitely strained right now. Yeah. It shows you how broken the bad family is. And yes. I, and how broken Bruce is. Like, Bruce yeah. is not cut out to be a father figure. No, I don't understand why he keeps bringing these kids into his house and- <laughs> They all die. Teaching them to be <laughs> heroes. And that that's totally contradic- contradictory to the way that I want to see Batman. Like, I want Bruce Wayne to be a- Pause. And it's not like he's a, a negative influence on them. I mean, I guess they dress up in costumes and fight crime and possibly go out and die every night. But he's definitely emotionally stunted. <clears throat> yes. Very yes. much so. So I guess I'm personally more drawn to Batman stories where where he is that father figure. And those Batman Superman stories where they're brothers and, you know, they fight, but they still love each other and that sort of it's thing. It's the Bruce Wayne story, not the Batman story. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I... I no, commandeered, I commandeered Jared's pick I was just there. Thinking, you know, uh, Batman Hush. I really liked that. Uh, kind of the same theme with uh, them bringing back Clayface as Jason Todd and Bruce dealing with that at the time. It has the same theme to that. What is Bruce's relationship to these kids, to Alfred, and everything? And I thought it was a great read. The one part I really enjoyed about this one. So each has like what five different story point of views. Like each kid's different point of view. Yeah. Then the last one is Rick Grayson. Who doesn't know anything about Alfred? He's like, oh, he's just a butler. I don't know him because I got shot in the head. And he's like, well, I feel like I would, if Dick Grayson was here, he would tell you a story. So what story would he tell you? So Bruce is telling himself the story that that Dick would tell him. Yeah. And that was just fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't read Nightwing since he got shot. So I, I'm, it's I don't been, know about this Rick Grayson. I do know, but it's been good. I mean, I've it's, never heard of him before. There's it's Dick been, Grayson, but he's going by Rick, and he has no memory. Yeah, prior oh, to be so, there have been better Nightwing stories, but this one, it's been pretty good. And didn't he get healed again, or recently? So he's actually back to being Dick Grayson. Or are you still reading it? Or? Uh, if he has, I am an issue behind that. Okay, that, it was recently. I'd say. This happens prior to issue number whatever, so I'm guessing he gets healed and is back to being Dick. Okay, I think I'm an issue behind on that. That could be. Yeah, I think on the cover it says Dick is back. <laughs> oh, well, I'm, then. I'm, just, I'm kidding. <laughs> That's the best tagline of any comic ever. <laughs> That's <laughs> a contender for this week's title, episode title. <laughs> last <laughs> week, so last year we had uh, Batwang. This week we have Nightwing, Nightwing Dick. Nightwang. <laughs> Nightwang. <laughs> oh, we are horrible. All right, Laura. What is your pick of this pick pick of this week? Oh, I, that you've read so far. Yeah, I didn't didn't finish every book. I'm not gonna lie. What um, what book did you like the most? Honestly, I guess I was kind of sadly excited for Gwen Stacy. That's I, the next book alphabetically yeah, that I want to talk just, about. So I actually looked through and just picked the next thing. No, um, I was more excited that they were talking in the issue about how it's kind of going to take place back in like the classic Spider-Man time period. And kind of fill in holes in between older stuff. Like so, teenager um, era when they're in yeah. high school. Well, this is yeah, right before, this is before Gwen knows Peter. And I think oh, it's, okay. It, okay. most of it's before Peter even gets bit. Uh, or it's before he gets bit or it's before no, Ben dies. He was bit. No, yeah. Because, because there's a spoiler. Well, they not, well oh. in the issue, 
But it, this is after he's been bitten by the spider and after Ben dies. So. Okay. Yeah, because okay. there are like well, news, they catch, a news story. Yeah, they, they show the news story story of them catching the killer of oh, Ben. Okay. Right. It was on the TV. They showed a little oh. picture of oh, old man killer got caught or whatever they said. Yeah, and in the background at the library, Spider Man's or Peter Parker, I should say, is reading a book about adhesives. So yes, that was I, the other part. I assume that he was already Spider Man. So this point. is set in continuity. It's Gwen Stacy before we meet her in in Amazing Spider Man. Looks to be dating some jock. I don't. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't and know Harry and Gwen go to the same high school. I thought Harry mm-hmm. and Peter went to the same high school. Well, I mean, if or was that just the movies? I'm not sure. I, think just the movies yeah in high school harry doesn't meet or sorry well i guess that's true peter doesn't meet harry and stacy until college i think uh, like, and i think they're at esu peter and flash go to the same school yeah because they're and talking MJ. about they're talking about going to a different uh, sports where like oh this new running back or whatever yeah they're flash talking about Thompson. flash right. so that's a different school that they, yeah. they go to so yeah, it's kind of like X Men: The Hidden Years, or yeah. uh, there've been a number of uh, Laura. What's the, did you ever read that Kurt Busiek Spider Man series in the nineties? This may have been before your time. You're, you're a lot younger than I am. I still might have read it. I'm what not was it called? Untold Tales of Spider Man. Yeah, or I was un- going to say they mentioned that in the the back. Oh, I didn't story read the back this. matter in this one. Yeah, that's a I'm fantastic series, it. by the way. Kurt Busiek wrote every issue. I think it was like. I don't know, 40 or 50 issues, and it was all stories set during Peter's high school years. Yeah, that's specifically mentioned in Gabbing with Gwen. Mm. It was books like Untold Tales of Spider-Man and Flashback Month in 1997 that inspired them to write these and put them around Amazing Spider-Man issues 23 through 30 is where the Gwen Stacy story is supposed to happen. Yeah. So Gwen is, as we mentioned last week, supposedly a five-issue mini. Um, if the response is strong, it wouldn't surprise me uh, if it lives longer than that. Uh, but, yeah, it's I, I was pleasantly surprised. Uh, this is written by Christos Gage, right? Yep. Okay. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it should stay as a miniseries. It should not go yeah. long, I think. I would like, I mean, if, if it continues to be worthwhile, I would like to see a series of miniseries. Maybe one every other year or even... Yeah, if you do if you do more than one a year, it's a series. Right. It's not a main series, right? Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm glad you liked it. I I enjoyed it as well. I know Alex did too. Yeah, it sounds good. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, Jared. There you go. Yeah, man. <laughs> I agree. Uh, one thing with that one, uh, buyers should buy two copies of it because in the back there is a cut out your own and dress your own Gwen Stacy. So if you want to, not, do not buy two copies. We will run out, <laughs> we will run out very quickly. Uh, <laughs> and I was honestly thinking about that for my nieces because they like paper. You dolls can special right order some additional okay. copies. Yeah, maybe <laughs> still the available. second printing. Yeah, yeah. But I found it ironic too. The the outfit isn't her like classic outfit that's on the front that you can cut out and put on. It's like every other outfit from the '60s. Maybe each issue will have a different outfit, and the final one oh, will have. Open to that first page where um, I don't know. She's on stage giving her speech. Now the next page. Yeah, what is going on in that top panel on? On the right side. A lot of things. What is with that kid's face on, like, the far (laughs) right? Did you see that when you were reading it? Oh, where he's asleep. He's asleep and drooling, I I don't know what he's doing. I don't think he's asleep. I think he's... I don't know what he's doing. Don't? (laughs) I just thought I would point that out. 
there's like hysteria. Gwen's trying to give her her speech on why she should be class president, and no one is paying attention. Yeah. And there's some kid making a wildly obscene face. Uh, he's diabetic, and he I hasn't had his insulin yet, so, so it's a dire situation. Even if you don't want to buy Gwen Stacy number one, pick up a copy at your local comic <laughs> shop and just look at page two. <laughs> and, and let's talk about that weird kid. Uh, let's go back to... I guess we'll we'll continue to go alphabetically until we come across something <laughs> that uh, I will talk about this, even though we don't have any copies to sell. <laughs> I did really enjoy Star Trek uh, Year Five, the Valentine's Day special. I am probably the only one reading Star Trek at the table. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So IDW is doing a series of Valentine's Day specials for Star Trek. They're one shots: um, Star Trek, Transformers, Napoleon Dynamite. Um, Maybe My Little Pony? I'm, I'm not sure. They were all this week, right? Yes, they were all this week. And the Star Trek one is excellent. We pulled it automatically for anybody that was reading Star Trek Year 5, and it uh, it's just all kinds of awesome. So if you're a Star Trek, the original series fan, you should seek out uh, the Valentine's, the VD Day special. How the VD what? special? <laughs> Valentine's no. Day special. So is that, that the it name of the episode? The, it's Captain no. Kirk. The name of the episode is the VD special? Yes. Now we have, all, <laughs> we have a bunch of cool titles for this week's episode uh did you end up reading the napoleon dynamite one then i did not i picked up the napoleon dynamite uh vd special for my children (laughs) (laughs) the gift that keeps on giving for my 10 year old and my 18 year old to uh to read because everyone in my family really enjoys napoleon dynamite you gave your kids the vd specials oh that's that's just wrong (laughs) the gift that keeps on giving uh i will continue alphabetically unless someone has something just to throw out that Star Wars The Rise of Kylo Ren number three came out this week. Three um, of four. Three of four. I've been very uh it's been enjoyable. It's written by Charles Soule. It tells the story of how Kylo goes from being a Jedi in training to a knight of Ren. And uh we actually sold out of what we had of the second or third printing of number one. We sold out of the second printing of number two. We had all of these when right. we opened yesterday. So we had them all together, right? <clears throat> yes. So you just grab them all. See, that works. You put you know, mini series, put one and two in front of three on the new release wall, and you sell one, two, and three. So yeah, if you're a Star Wars fan, you should be reading it. They'll keep reprinting as long as people want to uh, to buy them, I suppose. But that's uh, a great time to be reading Star Wars comics. For me, this one wasn't my favorite of the Star Wars stuff that's out now, but it's still worth reading. Like, oh, I'm not like, oh, it's not my favorite, it but it's still good. Yeah. The other ones are great. This one's good. I'd go with that. I mean, there there are elements that, you know, they're filling in a lot of the missing pieces from the most recent movies or the original trilogy in the case of the, the Star Wars ongoing that takes place after Empire. But they're dropping in things that we've seen in the recent movies and kind of they're, – they're not – retconning things right. but you know we mentioned this last week or two weeks ago poe dameron's parents have been in the, the the regular star wars book we see who possibly recovers luke's lightsaber from uh cloud city and in the empire strikes back and so yeah star wars as a whole and uh just an fyi for those of you that another foc note <laughs> star wars bounty hunters is on foc this week i think yes it is um, so if you want that one, which also takes place after The Empire Strikes Back, it's written by Ethan Sachs, who wrote um, something recently that I really liked. The thing with Akbar's son that came out before Rise of Skywalker. Um, the, oh, what was that called? I don't know. Allegiances or yeah, something? I think yeah. It, yeah. 
Uh, yeah, that's it. You will go with that. Sure. Because <laughs> that was the one that first had Poe's parents, right? That was suppo- supposedly leading into mm. Rise of Skywalker, I thought. I don't know. I don't yeah. think so. Because that wouldn't work. But anyway, uh, we're boring everyone, I'm sure. You've probably turned off this podcast by by now. Um, this next one. <laughs> Wait, can we backtrack for a minute? We can uh, backtrack. Yeah. The Flash number 88. Oh, yeah. Uh, that was a prelude to what's leading into uh, Flash 750. They're going back to original numbering or something. Yep, it's the, they'll have the so decades covers. This may be a good time to jump on the Flash if you're interested. It uh, looks like a whole new story arc and everything. So, just wanted to mention that. Yeah, I, I was on board with the Flash when it first started. I really liked uh, Joshua Williamson uh, as a writer. And it just it fell off of my stack <laughs> over time, but I may jump back in with issue number seven fifty, which is maybe next week. Uh, March fourth. March fourth. Okay. Wow. My my dates are way off. So yeah, like um, Wonder Woman, it is going back to its original numbering for the seven hundred fiftieth issue, and then it will continue on with uh, the original numbering after that. It'll have. 12 different covers with every decade. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> Just so you know. All right. We'll stay with DC and talk about Superman Heroes, that number was good. one. This one really surprised me. Yeah. So this one has four or five different stories in it, I think. Written by Bendis, and you have the picture. Written by... I have the, I have the picture. <laughs> I, I didn't look that one up yet. It's written by uh, most of the regular Superman writers. So, Brian Michael Bendis, Matt Fraction, who's writing the Jimmy Olsen series now, Greg Rucka, who's writing Lois Lane, and it credits Jody Hauser in the information that I have. Um, I don't know if that is accurate. Because I don't see, I don't think that's accurate actually, because it's not on the cover. It's just in the text. Uh, but it's got uh, some great art by Kevin McGuire, Steve Lieber, Mike Perkins. Um, take it away. I really enjoyed it. It was a lot of uh, Superman has revealed his identity, and uh, a lot of these characters are going through revealing how that has impacted them. So it it was a lot of fun. Yeah. So there there are two one shots spinning out of. Uh, Superman revealing his identity, or Clark Kent revealing that he's Superman, or vice versa. Uh, there's the Heroes one-shot, which is out this week, which is the book that we're talking about, which is Superman spending time with – he goes to the Hall of Justice and kind of checks in on his friends who are always honest with him and, and telling it straight. And some are kind of like, what the heck did you do here? And some are like, this was a great move. I think this is really going to change things for everybody in a positive way. Uh, we get uh, some really nice exchanges between Bruce Wayne and Princess Diana, Queen Diana, Princess Diana, Wonder Woman. You know her. There's some. Hero. There's a weird art on that one. Yeah, the art is not uh, not the forte of it. It's the writing. Um, we get a really great opening story between uh, Pa Kent and a young Clark. Uh, I thought that was fantastic. And uh, just some uh, Clark going back and visiting his old high school was, and talking to a high school teacher. That was um, my favorite part. Yeah, <laughs> I it's, love that. it's really solid. <laughs> it was fun. You know, a lot of the one shots are kind of hit or miss, uh, but you, I think, will be pleased if you pick up Superman Heroes. So I really like the how they did like the a documentary style one on one of each hero talking to Clark, saying, "Oh, this is a good idea. This is a bad idea." Then I forget who was at the end. It's like, "Oh no, I was actually going to be serious." Plastic Man. Plastic Man is like, no, I was trying to be sincere, and then this happened. Like, who cuts into it? Is it Booster Gold? Or no, it was 
He's like a T on his face. Oh, Mr. Terrific. Mr. Terrific. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's he, uh, Mr. Terrific's one's all fired up. He's like, like he keeps cutting it. He's like, I'm just trying to be like, dude, you had your time. This is my turn now. Yeah. And then, yeah, I love, I really love the Booster Gold little story. Like, yeah. he's like, no, I've known for a long, you know how many times I've tried, I wanted to say it, but I can't. It shows him climbing a mountain, counting down like three, two, one. Okay, now he went public. Then he just yells out Clark Kent super loud. And he's like, no, yeah, it's a household name. Everyone knows who you are. So this works out. It'll be fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah, sounds like we all, those of us that read it, enjoyed it. Laura, did you read it? Nope. Okay. Sorry. This one, I didn't want to leave you out, but I didn't think you did because you're, See, you're yeah. more Marvel than DC. As someone that doesn't read Superman, I really enjoy this. Yeah, Excellent. I'm looking forward to villains too. Because of this one, so am I. Right. Yeah, I know. I wasn't before. But, Same. But now Same I here. Am. And Villains comes out the 4th of March also. Okay, great. Another indie book that I highly recommend this week is Undone by Blood. This is from Aftershock Comics. It's written by uh, Lonnie Nadler and Zach Thompson. Artwork by Sammy Cavella. It is set in the 70s, but also has kind of a Western story going on at the same time. The main character is a about a 17-year-old girl who is the sole survivor of her family being murdered while on vacation. Uh, and she is coming back to basically get revenge and discover who murdered her family so it's definitely got a an ed brubaker crime vibe to it um and i really liked the par- the parallels between the western story and what's going on in present day again in the 1970s uh really enjoyed it anybody else read it nope no i didn't <laughs> you suck. No. not yet i'll say not yet not yeah. no i haven't read it i'll say I've, i have not read it yet i uh, i recommend it Say Marvel's X number two came out this week, written by Alex Ross. That's the. Is it written by Alex Ross? I thought so. I thought it was written it's, by it's Alex Ross. Man. Yep, story. Um, Alex Ross and sorry, Alex Ross and Jim Kruger. Well, worth mentioning, it's the spinoff to Marvel's, but the Earth X version. Yeah, it's. I no, don't. It's it's too confusing, man. There's stuff. There's apparently. To me, there is good Marvel stuff on the horizon <laughs> um, that's actually spinning out of the original Marvels. Marvel's X is, yes, it's spinning out of Earth X, which was the first in a trilogy that Alex Ross and Jim Kruger did back in the early 90s, early mid 90s. So, yes, this series, I picked up the first issue and it was like completely confusing and foreign to me. I would say if you're a fan of post-apocalyptic books, you would be a fan of this because it follows a random kid that like the world has gone to crap with people mutating like crazy and he does not have, he's like the only person left on the planet that does not have powers and his last of his family dies or gets powers and leaves. So he's like, all right, time to go to New York because the heroes are there and that's where my best chance of survival is. It's like time to play with my action figures. <laughs> so this one, he gets to New York City, sees what's going on. Uh, he gets rescued by a couple heroes and then gets left off from there. So it was worth mentioning of Marvel's X number two. And again, if you need help <laughs> with what's going on in the world of Marvels and Alex Ross, uh, ask your local comic shop staff member. They'll be happy to help you because seriously, they're like they just made another announcement this week that uh, there's another. Marvel's series coming down the road. Is Alex Ross getting ready to die or something? Is that why they're doing it? Well, this one is written by Kurt Busiek, who was the original writer of Marvel's and Untold Tales of Spider-Man. 
uh, and is set within the world is set within, I guess that time period. I don't know. I, I don't know what they're doing. It, it's, it's weird. It sounds like they're letting him, they're, they're opening the Marvel tapestry to Kurt Busiek and he can do anything he wants, but they're calling it Marvel's maybe Marvel's legacy. I don't remember, but then there's also Marvel's snapshot, right? Which is, uh, starting, I think next month. And that is again, maybe Busiek, handpicking writers or Alex Ross handpicking writers to tell solo stories of certain characters. We've got a Namor one. We've got a Captain America one, a Cyclops one. X-Men is one that's going to be coming out. I just saw that one. It's weird. They're doing a whole bunch it's of stuff. It's very confusing. To me, but at least I they're... own a damn comic shop and it's confusing. <laughs> but at least they're one shots. So that is hope yet for it that you can follow whoever whoever your favorite hero is and go from there yeah hopefully hopefully, hopefully. yes because <laughs> i loved Marvel. i mean marvels to marvels and kingdom come were kind of are out around the same time and uh i i always think of both of them when i hear one of them yeah i, I was not a fan of the new one that they did the epilogue like uh, yeah, really, guys? It was just a... 15 years later, we're going to do an epilogue? 12-page story of the X-Men Come ice on. skating in uh, in Times Square at uh, Rockefeller Plaza. Cash grab. Uh, it will be oh. the 11th is the first one, it looks like, and that'll be Submariner. Okay. And what's with his ears on that cover? I mean, it's Submariner. He's got weird ears. The ear is half the size of his head. It's well, just, amazing. <laughs> it's a snapshot. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do want to mention the latest issue of X-Men. X-Men number six came out this week and is focused on the character of Mystique. And I, I, I didn't notice this until I heard someone else talking about it. Pretty much each issue of Hickman's X-Men run has been a standalone story. I think I know I've mentioned that before, so yeah. it might have been me talking to and someone. That, or talking to me. I don't know. Which they, is good. They, they all are part of the same thread. But you can pick up any issue of X-Men so far and enjoy it as a standalone story. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, but this one is is focused on Mystique and uh, her wife, Destiny. Uh, I didn't even know that Alex she was, was asking me questions about this, and I did not have the answers. <laughs> I mean, I've been reading X-Men since like 85, 86. Uh, that would be 1985, 1986. And they were part of the uh, Brotherhood of Evil Mutants and... I always thought Destiny was this old lady that was like a mother figure for Mystique, but it turns out they were married. And I mean, uh, Mystique could be really old too. We don't actually know. I know, I know. Um, but uh, there, there might be more than meets the eye with Krakoa and Professor X and Magneto's plans. And I don't know. It, it's something Hickman, might go wrong with H the X Men. Hickman's just doing a bang up job with this, and. Um, we do have a guest artist on this one. Matteo Bufagni is the, the artist, and I really enjoyed his art. Um, Laniel Yu still does the cover, but I thought overall it was a an excellent issue of X-Men. One thing I like to point out with the X-Men, too, is I didn't know this until one of our customers ordered it. They're doing trade paperbacks, a weekly one, for each issue. Like So this week, the all the X-Men books number one, there's a trade for that one. Next week will be all the issues number two, three, four, five, and six. For, I think, the next six weeks. So, yeah, they're doing Dawn of X trades, which... So, Volume 1 contains, like Alex said, the first issue of, of everything of each of the X-Men series. And I believe in a correct reading order, so you don't get spoiled, yeah. spoilers on each part. So, Dawn of X, Volume 2 will be Issue 2, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, but they're also collecting 
X-Men Volume 1, New Mutants right. Volume 1. Well, we did it. I think there was some confusion uh, with that. Like, are they actually collecting this as a series trade or is it just going to be, you know, Volume 1 is the first issues, Volume 2 is the second issues, right. and we're not going to get an X-Men Volume 1 or New Mutants Volume 1. But you are. Well, I think this is a good way to read it, too, because you, if you just care about the X-Men, you don't care about what happens with the order of everything else. You can go, do just X-Men. Or if you do want to get the comic book experience of reading one after the other as it came out, you can do that with the trade that yeah. way as well. Options that are optional. Lots of options. We're all about the options. Too many options. Too many variants. <laughs> <clears throat> anything else that uh, you guys want to talk about? Uh, I just wanted to mention that Nebula 1 came out. Uh, I didn't think that one was too bad. That's, no. a, that's a ringing endorsement. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. It surprised me. I don't give two craps about Nebula. But Same. But I enjoyed the story, and I kind of want to see what happens in the next issue. So it she kind of leaves at a cliffhanger at the end, right. and I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to it. Uh, quickly, what happens is she gets this chip in her head. Yeah. Another yeah. one? Another one, but this one has like a probability of things like it's... They did that in Spider-Man where he has this device that can predict the future and what, like, what are the odds of this happening versus that. And she has that micro-sized in a, a Twitch chip and she does that. So it's kind of like a Terminator or a Robocop of the probability of what killing you each time right. or whatever if thing. So it, was, it wasn't bad. I'm glad it's a miniseries. Yeah. Uh, but I'm not sure how long I'll keep interested in it. Right. If the next issue is about on par with this one, sure. But if it uh, just kind of peters out... But if you're a fan of Nebula from the movies, this is definitely the same style of character from the movies. The evil version, not the one that learns the error of her ways. Yeah, and it's in space. So if you like space stuff with bad guys (laughs) doing stuff, then that's the book for you. Best review ever. Best review ever. It wasn't bad. (laughs) It was not too bad. If you like the character, it's worth reading. Yeah. Excellent. Anything else? Laura? Nope, sorry. <laughs> I only read one other book and read. finished it, and I didn't actually even like it. Did you guys read uh, Tartarus? Tartar Sauce? No, I didn't read that one. Uh, I didn't read that No, nope, I was kind of curious. Yeah, you know, it's it's an image book. We do have uh, plenty on the, on the shelf uh, because Image is one of those great publishers that offers returnability so we can take a chance on things and not be uh, left on the hook with, with unsold product. But um, the art style just didn't work for me. Uh, our, our, I was just flipping through, and I was going to say the art is a little to be desired. <laughs> I, I've heard really good things uh, about the story, and I know that there are, are folks out there that have been looking forward to it. Uh, and Josh and I used to have this conversation a lot, because Josh, Josh was more about the words than the pictures, and I'm more about the pictures than the words. Not 100%, but if a book doesn't have what pleasing artwork to to my eye holes to my eyeballs then i have uh, a lot of difficulty reading it I, know. I, I do too i can't get into the story if the arts it could be the best story in the world and if yeah. the art doesn't work for me then i won't i won't enjoy it for, right. for me it's a combination of okay what is the story about like i can forgive bad art like i did not like the jonathan hickman hawkeye art at first I, the Hickman Hawkeye? Ooh, Matt Fraction? Fraction Hawkeye. That's yeah. it was, yeah. David Aha. Yeah, I didn't like it at first, but once I started reading, I was like, okay, it fit the style. So it has to be has to hit a certain threshold for me to, all right, I want to look past that and see if it's worth getting into. 
And that's the thing about about comics and art. Art is subjective. So I'm sure that there are some people that would look at the art on Tartarus and they're like, oh, I love that art or I love that style. Um, And and what I like, you may not like, and that's okay. You know, there there are plenty of choices for people out there in the world of comics. Some people may like John Romita Jr. And they're they're allowed to be wrong. (laughs) I'll agree with that. John Romita Jr. will never be a guest on our podcast now. Like he ever was. We'll just not invite Alex to that one. Okay. okay. <laughs> I'm fine with that. I'm with I'll, Alex. I'll yell at him. I'm with Alex on that one. I'll skip that one too. <laughs> and with Adrian, that, we well, need you. I think. Well, we should do the who's your favorite hero? Oh, no. Yeah. Come on. Again? Wasn't well, that last week? Yeah, we're going to do that weekly. Who's your favorite oh. hero this week? Hero of the week. Hero of the week. I don't have one yet. Go ahead. Uh, no, I'm going to let uh, Laura go first oh since she's gosh. the new guest star. I'm on the spot. <laughs> uh, or Jared, if you get, if you come up with one. so what I did last week, Jared, I don't know if you heard it or not, is we're gonna do favorite hero of the week, be it comic book or real life, whatever. Who's your what stood out? Who stood out to you this week? Well, Mark, you knew this was gonna happen. I didn't. I completely forgot about it. <laughs> I, hero of the week. Oh, what's yours, Alex? Mine's gonna be Laura. Okay. Yeah, I she sho- she shoveled. Alex just did oh. this so she you could sho- get no. bonus points from his she wife. She shoveled the driveway this morning before I even woke up, so the whoever checked the water for the city they can get in, and so I can leave. And she came to the store to help build the structure for free on her day off. So yeah, she's my hero of the week. She is my hero of the week too. I'll go with that. Laura <laughs> is the hero of the week. The unanimous decision by the Council of Alter Ego. You are this week's hero of the week and guest star of the week. Yes. So can I cop out and say I'm my own hero? Something. Yes. You <laughs> sure. have to, I guess to make it unanimous, you have to vote for yourself. So done. All right. So you guys be prepared next time. Oh God. Hero of the week now. I mean, you know what? I'm not going to be here next week. <laughs> I said next time, not okay. next week. Uh, okay. So, yeah, next week, uh, I'm going to pull out a recorded interview with Mark from the archives from three years ago. Oh, yeah. Oh, my. An unpublished interview. So Yeah, so next Issues week, uh, I'm going to be in Portland for the annual Comics Pro meeting uh, of comic shop retailers and publishers. Uh, I look forward to this conference every year. There'll probably be about 300 of us there, give or take. Comics Pro is the only trade organization for comic shops. And so this is a, a paid group that I belong to. And uh, some of the best retailers in the business are, are members. Joe Field, who started Free Comic Book Day. Uh, I'm just name-checking. None of you are going to know these people. But uh, Phil Boyle has a, a chain of comics, Coliseum of Comics in Florida. Brian Hibbs has a great store comics experience out in San Francisco. Um, but I get to be on a social media panel. I get to talk about uh, how we've used social media for Alter Ego. And um, you get to yell at the publishers for yes, doing stupid things. We get things. to yell at the publishers, except for Marvel, unless it's pre-approved. We did. <laughs> we had to submit questions to Marvel in advance. They had to be pre-approved by yeah, Disney. That's yeah. Th- if you're gonna have a pre-approved, we apparently we can't just have a conversation. We have to mm. ask questions in writing in advance before this meeting. It's yeah. ridiculous. If you do that, then just don't do questions and answers. Just just go with it and yeah. say no comment. So I am I looking forward to I look forward to it every year. I'm I'm not necessarily looking forward to going to Portland again because I lose a whole day going there and coming back. And I have a layover in Chicago where people have had the coronavirus. So I'm gonna be wearing my Bane mask as I walk through <laughs> O'Hare Airport. I have a Pikachu mask you can borrow. Oh, that'll go well. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, and next week I guess you get to enjoy uh, a, a blast from the past, an interview from the archives, and uh, the following week maybe we'll talk about Comics Pro. Yeah. 
Yeah. So uh, we will wrap things up here. We appreciate you listening. Uh, make sure to subscribe so that you get the latest episode downloaded onto your device and rate the podcast so that we can go up in the rankings and get more people listening. If you want to uh, support us, you can shop at alteregocomics.biz, which is our website for the brick and mortar store. You can buy comics, games, Funko Pops, those sorts of things. And uh, and share on social media. Yeah, share uh, on I know I have a couple of cust- couple of customers that I'm friends with on Facebook that listen to it and have not shared. Al, I'm talking to you. You share this link, please. Uh, Wes, you too. I know you listen to it as well. So. Yes. Share. Share your love of comics. Share your love of the Alter Ego Comics podcast. What do we call this thing? Alter Ego Comics AC Presents. Presents. Or Alter Ego Comics Presents. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again real soon. 